Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. It's been a while since we've talked to you like this, and we're coming back here talking to you uh, with another Conversations episode. I am Anime Weekend Austin, and I am joined by two fantastic co-hosts. It's Tori, hello. And I'm Tobias, I'm still fatigued, still tired, two weeks later. From the convention, and Extra Life, and the time change, all sort of happening in what feels like a 48-hour period, even though it was like three weeks, uh, it is pretty exhausting. So if we sound a little bit out of it on this podcast, well, that's just the third impact anime difference. <laughs> As they say, the, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. And they don't stop coming. And they don't stop coming. All right. Well, typically on these episodes, we sort of have a structure where we talk about our experiences at a convention in sort of a chronological order, but we wanted to shake things up a little bit and just sort of talk about whatever we felt like we had to say about the con, sort of in whatever order we were inspired to do so. Um, so I guess first off, starting out, we'll give a little bit of context. So uh, all of us uh, have been uh, to one degree or another longtime Anime Week in Atlanta attendees, some of us much longer than others, but uh, we haven't been since, I believe, 2019, because both the pandemic and uh, just general life stuff and other priorities sort of kept us away for a while, but we were finally able to return this year. Um, uh, we did a few panels. Uh, I did two. I did my anime movies panel and my Spider-Man panel. I've done the anime movies one before at AWA, but not the Spider-Man one. And Tori did your Jinji Ito panel. Mm -hmm. And Tobias did absolutely nothing the whole weekend. He just slept in the hotel and snored the whole time, and it was great. Oh, I snored now. Now it's a problem. Okay. <laughs> well, you just sounded like you were enjoying yourself, and I didn't want to interrupt you. Yeah, no, this is uh, the first AWA in a bit that I haven't done panels. The first convention in a bit that I haven't done any panels. I was uh, not entirely sure I was going to get to go at first. It was one of those maybe, maybe not situations, and I didn't want to put in any panels that I have to cancel. I don't. I really don't like to cancel uh, you know, things that I've already signed up for. So with FanFest earlier in the year, I knew that was a, the, like the only – you know, definite must must do for me, and uh, but no, I was able to go and glad that I did because this is the last AWA at the Galleria, uh, at the Renaissance Waverly. It's just uh, not something that I knew was going to happen. I think it's been talked about for years, rumored, but not actually you know set in stone until this weekend. So um, I'm very glad in retrospect that I made a point to go. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we actually did something that I've kind of wanted to do for a really long time for our conversations episodes where I took a few minutes to record uh, a little bit of the word on the ground, so to speak. And uh, I asked you about that specifically on Saturday night as we were overlooking the uh, the sea of people in the lobby of the the uh, Renaissance Waverly Hotel. So I'm going to play that segment so you can listen to what you said then, and then you can respond to yourself, and we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail. Okay, so this is Austin. I'm here again, and um, 
Tobias, uh, as many people know, uh, you are very old. Is that correct? Um, the, relatively, yes. With the people around me, yes. I'm very, very ancient. Right. So you've been coming to Anime Week in Atlanta since 2004. How long has it been in this location? Um, I think it was a year before I started going, I want to say. I want to say Dave said um, 20 years, and this will be 19th time going. So almost the entire run here at the Renaissance Waverly, I've been here. So how, how are you feeling about the fact that we are about to leave this location behind probably forever? More than likely, yes. Uh, a lot of mixed feelings, of course. A lot of feelings here. You know, I feel like this is the end of an era, both for Anime Week in Atlanta and for myself. And I think it's going to take a lot of time for me to process those feelings. Yeah. So, in 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 the process of you processing your feelings, uh, how have you? How has your weekend been so far? Because you're not doing panels, so what the heck are you doing with yourself? Uh, reminiscing, uh, looking around, seeing all these youngins running around and screaming and you know, things have changed. And Are you talking about me? Uh, you're one of them, yeah, you're one of the youngins, for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting experience, but I guess I'm, I'm glad that I didn't work myself to the bone like I normally do. I'm glad that I had time to stop and smell the roses, as you would say and uh, take it all in. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that's all for now. Is there anything else you want to say on this very impromptu uh, section of the podcast? Uh, uh, We're looking at a lot of tingles right now. Yeah, I would say uh, stop smoking, kids. It's bad for you. <laughs> okay, and with that word, uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Stop smoking, kids. It's bad for you. <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, how about that? It feels like it was only yesterday when I was saying those words. That's a good movie. Only yesterday. The best Ghibli film. Don't quote me on that. Yep. <laughs> so, is there anything you wanted to add to your to your segment? You know, any other additional feelings? And you too, Tori. I mean, if you wanted to chime in on that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, like the reminiscing part for sure. It's like. I was thinking about that kind of on our way home a little bit about how I've definitely not been to as many anime week in Atlanta's, but just the handful of ones that I've been to kind of how like it's evolved, how the people that I've gone with have evolved and changed and like the friend groups that I would go with. And um, it's just all very different and like kind of seeing that chapter sort of come to a close and start something new is um very interesting and i'll be excited to see what the future holds for their new space and kind of all of the things they have to work out with all of that so yeah that's that's definitely one thing that in my own convention going experiences i've never really had a big venue change moment yet Mm-mm. like going to animazement like i came maybe a year or two after they had made their big move from their original location at the Raleigh Sheraton to where they have been for as long as I've been going there at the uh, downtown Raleigh Convention Center and some of the other smaller conventions I've been to like they just haven't really made as strong of an impression on me so if they move venues it doesn't I don't really notice or it doesn't really affect me that much but for 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 a really big convention like Anime Weekend in Atlanta which to me is probably the second most meaningful convention to me because it's the one that I think is the the coolest and the most fun and 
I've got the most, uh, you know, cool memories at, apart from uh, Animazement, it's definitely going to be weird because I think a lot of our convention experiences are very, very tied to the space that they're in because, you know, you assert, you, you associate certain memories with certain things happening in certain places. Like, like, uh, one, th- one thing I talked about in a, in a little brief segment that we're going to play in, in a second is how much I love the, like, convent, the, uh, the concert hall in main events at, uh, Anime Week in Atlanta. Like, it's so nice to have that massive room where Dave Merrill does anime hell and where they do all the concerts and like there's always plenty of seating in there uh and I'm gonna kind of miss that if that's not something that they have available sort of going forward because if it feels like it's sort of out in the middle of the nowhere and harder to get to then it's not gonna be the same like it's not gonna feel as chill it's not gonna feel as like special I guess and that's just one example. Like I could probably think of some others for sure. But it's funny you mentioned that because with my experience with with time passing, you know, main events, I don't know if they even had really concerts back. I mean, they of course they did, but you know, main events used to be in the Waverly in those in that sort of room, that ballroom over to the the side of <laughs> I I was going to say the registration, but it's not even registration anymore. They moved the registration to the movie theater. You know where, where they have the 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 uh, the viewing rooms, the movie the movie viewing room. Like that used that's one big ballroom, and that used to be main events. And hell, wait, wait, wait. Times... They had they were showing like they were showing like anime and screenings like in the movie theater. No, 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 no. So you know where the main where registration used to be in the main lobby yeah. of the Waverly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have you have the VAT the the, uh-huh. the AMV room, but over to like I guess the left of that you have the two rooms that now. Up till mm-hmm. now, have been the red carpet room mm-hmm. and the viewing room. That's all one big ballroom. They split it into two the past few years, but it's one big ballroom, and that used to be where main events was. Oh, I see. It was while large, it was nowhere near as large as where it is currently in the Galleria, uh, for sure. But I mean, those rooms used to be during stuff like the AMV contest, like uh, Anime Hell. That would fill yeah. up, and there would be standing room only in a huge ballroom. So it's, it's, it is kind of funny to hear you to reminisce on the new main events room that is spacious, that is nice, when it used to be a lot more packed. Even <laughs> even what like I was going to say five years ago, it's probably closer to ten now. Um, you know, having just the way things change, and I feel like for me that 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 already has started. Tobias, five years ago, five years ago was uh, two thousand eighteen. That's oh, that's exactly. still con- that's contemporary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, oh, the pandemic ate a few years completely, which is what uh, it throws me off for sure. But like you mentioned, reminiscing on that and how you hope it, it changed forward in the future. Like, well, my thinking is that it already has changed since what mm. I would, you know, for my my personal glory days of AWA, I know that there were, I my first year was AWA 10. So there was a decade before I started going uh, even. And I want to say they had a, a couple of different venue changes before. So you know, just the way things have changed in, in my limited view, the 20 years that I've been going is uh, like it's already it already started changing to begin with. And this is this move to the GWCC is certainly a necessary move. But I kind of feel like the, you know, the, the culture ha- has changed and not necessarily for the worse or are better even. But it, like I already see that change happening, which I think is what kind of struck me this weekend when I. I mentioned that and then putting a official end 
to that era of AWA. It's, you know, I can see the future. I can see it's a good move. I, I certainly won't contest that. But it's like, you know, you, you go back and like, look at your old high school, you know, you go back and visit and how like it feels familiar to you, but it's not anymore. It's not really your haunt anymore. And I think that's what kind of struck me when we recorded that on Saturday is like, this isn't really my convention anymore. And to a degree, this isn't really necessarily my fandom anymore. There's a certain era that I'm always going to be stuck in uh, to a degree. And sure, I can evolve and change and, you know, get better and not be that curmudgeon that's stuck in, in time. But there's always going to be a part of me that is going to be stuck there. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, there's a part of me that will leave a part of my heart there in the Renaissance Waverly. And it sounds kind of silly to say, but, you know, 19 years, that that's literally been my entire adulthood. I started going like the six months after I graduated high school. So my entire adulthood has been going to this convention. And that combined with a lot of the existential stuff going after the pandemic, like I do feel like I'm entering another era of my life. And this just happens to be a, I don't know, a more physical representation of that than just thinking about it. Change is inevitable. And, you know, with change, it comes endings, but it comes with beginnings as well. So... Uh, sort of on that note, as we still as we continue to talk about uh, the sort of the transition of Anime Week in Atlanta, you know, leaving leaving its longtime location, um, I've got another segment from the floor. Uh, this time with a really cool special guest. So let's take a listen to that. Hello, listeners. This is this is Austin, recording a very uh, impromptu segment of the Third Impact Anime Podcast here on the floor of Anime Week in Atlanta in, um, where are we, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, North, Carolina. Uh, North Carolina, apparently. Due to my own uh, mistake in not changing my notes in my Spider-Man panel, I erroneously referred to this state as North Carolina, because the last time I did that panel it was in Animazement, and uh, you should always look over your panel notes more carefully than, uh, than I do. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, since this is, uh, oh, who am I here with? I'm, I'm Austin, I, I've got Tori with me. Hello. And I've got a uh, former former guest uh, on the podcast and a, uh, a cool guy who uh, was on the show for our um, uh, Girls Last Tour episode a while back. Uh, I've got Robbie, Robbie Bokusachi, or how, what, however you call yourself. Hello. Yoroshikane. And um, we've all got some panels. We're just standing around here waiting for, for Tori's last panel here on uh, Saturday night. And... Um, this is the last, um, we're, we're overlooking the very loud uh, balcony in the, uh, where are we, the Renaissance Waverly Hotel. And um, this will be the last year that animes will be, will be held at this location. And uh, judging by the, the crowdedness of the hallways, it's probably for the best that, uh, that they're going to be moving on to somewhere, somewhere downtown. Do either of you have familiarity with the, with the new location at all? Nope. Nope. No idea? No. Um, well, it should be interesting for sure, but I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what, what do you think you will, uh, what do you think you like about this space the most, and what do you think you'll miss the most about being in this space for Anime Week in Atlanta? Um, I feel like it's an unpopular opinion, but I do like the layout of it. Um, I like how it kind of keeps traffic in each end, and then there's the flow in the middle. However, it does get very congested on the weekends, but I like the layout between the Galleria and the Renaissance Waverly, so I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I like it too. I mean, I think there's a lot of like individual flourishes of this space that make it neat. Like, I like the, uh, I mean, the mall kind of is not in its prime where it has, uh, you know, a lot of the panel rooms above it. Like, a lot of restaurants have left and stuff, but it is still nice to like have that area to be able to walk around, be able to stretch. Um, but it's also like, it can be kind of confusing to navigate sometimes. Especially because I haven't been around here since like 2019, and I know I know that's a me thing, but it's like it can be very, I don't know, like a big weird convention octopus. I don't know. What do you think, Robbie? I mean, one of the things that I like is how uh, I guess I, I really like the layout of the of the Artist Alley dealers room and like where that's placed in the convention. I feel like that's a really good thing. I, I'm able to just kind of walk over there from my panels, and that's another thing is that all the panel rooms are like right next to each other, so you can see. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, so you can see like, oh, I'm gonna just go check the schedules for the room next to me and see if there's anything interesting going on. Um, but also like, there is it, it, it's a kind of I got some kind of mixed feelings where it's like it's kind of annoying going out having to go outside to go between the buildings, but also it leads me right to the food trucks, and so that is. Um, and sometimes it's nice to be able to just go and grab a snack. Like I just grabbed a corn dog on my way to a panel earlier today, so that yeah. was a, that was a pretty good time. How was the corn dog? It was good. Good corn dog. I didn't have a corn dog today, if that's what you're asking me. <laughs> no, I guess maybe I should have had a corn dog as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think with any with any move to a different place, it comes with challenges. Like I don't know what parking is going to look like at the next space. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm just kind of open open for the ride. But um, to kind of uh, something adjacent to your point, like I really like how the because like Tori and I have gone to like three concerts during this weekend and like oh, it's yeah, that's good too. The main event yes is like right there yes and you can just walk in and go to the concert yes. and i have no idea who this band is but hey this sounds pretty cool i can hear it from out here and there's so many chairs you can always find a seat i really appreciate that yeah like an animazement for example like going to a concert is very it's like there's so many hoops to jump through like you have to go check your bag and it's in like a big dealer's hall that's like Standing room only. Yeah, like there's no chairs or anything. And like I was telling Tori, I was kind of joking around. I was just like, it's kind of weird to be able to say that like the place to go chill and relax and have a nice quiet time is like during a very loud concert, um, which is kind of true because there's not always the best places around here to like sit and gather because I don't want to spend any time in the Waverly lobby because that's where everybody seems to think that they want to hang out. Like we're looking at it right now on the balcony and I'm just like, I'm so glad we're up here. chaos down there, but absolute chaos. It's just a sea of uh, cosplayed bodies. They're just everywhere. And uh, some like brewery uh, tents with some like giant uh, Jujutsu Kaisen cutouts advertising their IPAs, which is kind of hilarious. It's Gojo. It's Gojo and it's like the panda, right? Maybe. I didn't see the panda. Yeah, the panda's like right over there. It's on the other side. Oh, okay. uh, I thought I saw some other ones too, but I'm not sure. Is Gojo even old enough to drink? I haven't seen that He's show. He's an adult, yes. <laughs> oh, okay, well that's that's good to know. That's good to know. But yeah, um, I think I think that's all that's all I have to say. We were talking about the concerts earlier and like one of the things that I love about AWA is that they always get such good musical guests. Even if I like don't know who they are, I will often just like stop into a concert because 
well, it's so accessible to go into the concert. You don't need to get like separate tickets. You don't need to go to a separate venue. It's all just right there. You can hear, oh, there's a cool band playing. I want to listen to them. And every year, AWA seems to get like these really good musical guests. And so I found out about like some pretty cool bands just by coming here and then finding out that they were on the they were on the docket. Yeah, like um, some of the artists this year I was familiar with, like Asaka did the laid-back camp opening and things like that, which I was already familiar with. And uh, Femme, you you were a fan of already, right, Tori? Yeah, I got to see Femme. I never thought that would happen in like a million years. I've been listening to them since I was like a teenager, and um, I never thought that would happen. So very cool. They always nail it with the musical guests. And even if it's not somebody I recognize, like it's still fun to go and listen because we did that tonight with Anno and like she totally ruled. So that was awesome. She did in fact rule. This is a true a true statement. Uh, well, uh, that's been this uh, brief segment from uh, Third Impact Anime reporting from the floor. Uh, we'll talk to you later, friends. Uh, goodbye. I didn't have a corn dog that weekend. You didn't? Well, neither did I. I never corrected yeah. that mistake. Now I feel bad. Do yeah. I sound like that all the time? You do sound like that all the time. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. You mean this, this talking about K-pop? Yeah. <laughs> You didn't mention K-pop a single time. I didn't but... mention K-pop a single time, actually. Thank you. Oh, well, well, actually. <laughs> T- Tobias just Tobias just uh, assumes that everything that comes out of your mouth is uh, tangentially K-pop related. So. Oh, whatever. I don't. I don't know if that's that a, a wrong assumption. I don't know. I don't know if that says more about him or more about you. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speculate. We'll let the crowd decide. We'll let the crowd decide. <laughs> exactly. Like, I guess to key up the point Tori was making in the clip that I, I am kind of like astounded by the caliber of music guests they have been getting the past few years. You know, it's always been kind of one or two, you know, sort of, I would say random, but kind of one or two people that you would hear that were in the, you know, anime music sort of scene, but it seems like the past few years they've really punched, I don't know if I say punched above their weight class, but certainly, certainly hit that weight class. Uh, this year, like you mentioned Femme. Uh, for me, the big thing was Toriana show up, a small little indie producer yeah. that I've been following for you know over a decade. And that reminds me, hell, 2008, they had, oh, man, uh, Omodaka, another another early sort of chip producer that I was into, sort of almost like randomly showed up to that. So it is, it is kind of astounding that they have been able to get these guests to come out to, you know, Atlanta, Georgia anime commission and I, I i have no doubt that they're going to continue to do that of course i'm sure the venue is going to be even larger and will be able to accommodate even more but uh that's something i do want to point out that awa has certainly done right uh over my lifetime as a caliber of music guest yeah that's that's one of the things that has always attracted me to awa i was not aware of film film until they were announced uh, as as guests for this convention and then uh, a bunch of people chimed in and said, a, a bunch of people meaning Tori and, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, and others uh, said, oh my gosh, it's Femme. I thought they were disbanding. And I was just like, what? So they, they got a, a group that is like on their way out, like officially going to retire, at least from this musical project uh, sometime like next year. And I was just like, well, dang, that's that's pretty amazing then that they would get, you know, a band that's like, on their way out to come all the way here from Japan to perform as like their some one of their last shows maybe ever. 
they, I mean, they had, could always sorry completely tangential um to distract you for a second but like they freaking had miyavi one year i just remembered that they did yeah <laughs> yeah like that was that was really incredible and probably my biggest want for going this year like was like okay i gotta go see femme i've been listening to femme forever followed their career for a really long time and when else would I get a chance to go and do this? So I don't know. Like it just astounds me regularly, kind of what they do. I am always in awe of like the guests they bring. But um, they did have a K-pop group one year. It was Pixie. I think that was the year I didn't go, and um, they I were there. That. <laughs> so there's my K-pop aside for this episode. <laughs> oh, it won't be your only one. Mm-mm. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see more of that in the years to come. It feels like. <laughs> Fandom as a whole is leaning toward the Korean side of things. I feel like these sort of, I hate to say like Asian fandom, but it feels like a lot of people are moving from Japan to Korea as far as interests are concerned, broadly. So I would not doubt if we were to see more of that, you know, in the next few years, for sure. It's just all becoming part of the big pop culture soup. And, you know, I think there's a lot of merit in... um, not not sectioning off things but sort of creating barriers so that you know more obscure things don't get lost in the shuffle of things that are more popular but there there is some merit to see you know the melting pot continue to expand and pull in some different fandoms that are like adjacent to you know the anime zeitgeist and whatnot i mean hell you go to the the artist alley we did on sunday and how many artists had like prints and stuff for for K-pop bands? I wish well, you could see the few. face I just made. Good few, good few, yeah. I actually bought stickers, bought some K-pop related stickers, and then there was an artist that I bought something from at Animazement there, and I was like, "Hey, I have your keychain," and she was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had it on your on your bag. I had it right on my bag. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, to kind of go back to what you said about Toriana being there, she was one of the artists that we, I actually did not get to see perform. I saw, we saw three artists, and unfortunately, she was not one of them because she plays uh, the the rave pretty much. Yeah. And uh, I with, uh, Taku Takahashi and was it Teddy Lloyd they had as well? They had Teddy Lloyd there yes. like every year now. Yeah, he oh. is. He's been there basically every year since like. I don't know, I want to say like 2016, which is kind mm. of amazing in its own regard. But um, uh, yeah, I just didn't, I did not have it in me to stay up that late. It was past our bedtime. Oh, Way yeah. past our Cause, bedtime. Cause I'm, I'm like, you know, femme and uh, uh, Asaka. Asaka, Asaka, yeah. I was going to say Asuka, like that's not right. Uh, Asaka. That's right. Yeah, they, she didn't have, or they didn't have like. Osaka the, a sh- from uh, like... Azumagadayo. I mean, Asuka was there. <laughs> She was there That's too. True. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got to, yeah, we got to see Tiffany a little bit. I didn't really get yeah. to speak with her, but saw her from across the way. But yeah, no, uh, unlike the other music guests, uh, Toriana, Tadaloid, uh, and Taku Takashi didn't have their own concert. They were all part of the big Sunday rave, sorry, Saturday rave. And it did start late. I passed by the line several times wandering the halls. Mm. And what well, we had just gotten out of Tori Junji Ito panel, and I think we were all ready to just go home and crash that point yeah Yeah. can i at that point (laughs) oh go ahead i just are we gonna decide about panels at some point of course okay cool then i won't go off on it now 
But well, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't kind of kind of bring it back to getting older. It just you know there used to be there was a point where I could stay up Saturday night and go mm-hmm. hang out in the lobby and get drunk off my ass. Mm-hmm. You know, I've certainly I've I've more than once walked those halls barely coherent, and just the <laughs> thought of doing that now is like. Oh man, it was midnight and I was ready to go home. My feet were killing me. I was tired. I was oh, it was so awful. I can't imagine See, now, doing that now. now. Now Tobias just walks the halls uh around one PM being barely coherent rather than one AM. Uh but I didn't really feel all that bad about missing Toriana's concert because on Friday we were able to get in her fairly short autograph line and go meet her. So that was nice. Uh, and, and Tobias, it's all thanks to you that I even became a Toriana fan in the first place because I remember you were playing one of her music videos. It's the one where she's got the really big bow on her head. I can't remember what song that yeah. is. Uh, 080, 080 Controller. with oh, yes. you, you know me? You know me, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, like I've listened to her stuff you. early on. It was very, very Chip-inspired. She's kind of moved away from that over the past few years, and I understand why... I miss it though. I miss the earlier chip stuff just broadly, mm. but that's kind of a. There was a, a period in the scene at that point, but just doesn't really exist anymore. I don't feel like anymore. And here's the point where I get to be a, a music snob. I'm like, man, I remember when, you know, back in the day they were better back then. The early stuff, the indie stuff was better back then. But yeah, I don't. And I, I got to, I got to meet her. I got to, you know, she had a translator there. It was kind of loud, so I don't really know if she translated accurately. But I got to. Tell her I've been listening to her since 2013, since Chip Brain Girl, mm. and tell her you know I appreciate her music. So I hope I hope that came across to her. I'm sure it did. I'm sure mm. it did. Um, yeah, I told her that her because she had her hair dyed like uh, black and orange, and I told her that she looked like she was ready for Halloween. And then she, through her translator, said, "Yeah, I often forget my hair looks like that." And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Yeah, in addition, we we were able to meet all but one of the concert artists that we saw this weekend. And both Femme, whenever we met them, and Asaka spoke basically fluent conversational English. Uh, mm-hmm. Asuka even more so because she, she apparently spent a long portion of her childhood living in Michigan. So uh, that was really cool. And... Uh, you know, Femme, I'm like a relatively new fan of. Tori, I know you've been the fan for a longer time, but it was nice to meet them. But for me, meeting Asaka and seeing her perform was like really, really special because of how much I love Laidback Camp and have for a good number of years. So to see her play uh, basically all the songs that she did for, for Yuri Camp um, was, was really special, including the theme song from um, uh, Room Camp, which is uh, a fairly underrated and often forgotten uh, entry in that uh, franchise. It's like shorts that were released between seasons one and two, and it has a really cute, um, uh, like, 
think it's called like Sunshine or something like Sun Shower, something like that. But anyway, it's a really cute song and glad she played it live. And man, she really knew how to work that crowd. Yeah. They she she asked them on stage. She was like, "Do you guys want me to speak in Japanese or English?" And they were like, "Both." <laughs> <laughs> and she did. Yeah, I was really impressed by everybody's crowd work. Um, meeting Femme, I could have died right there in that moment and have been set. Um, I was laughing because they asked me what my favorite song was. And I was like, oh, it's definitely Fuck Boys Get Money. And I was like, but I feel really bad for saying that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. And they were like, oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> it's their song. I know. And I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. And um, they were like, no, that's so cute. That's really funny. And I was like, okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> yeah, they were um, sweet. They were very, very lovely. Um, the guest interactions I think we had all weekend were really good. Um, I have had my fair share of very interesting guest interactions through the years and conventions, and I think this year I think was it was just so, so good. <laughs> can Can I use this as my opportunity to complain about something? Yeah. Oh. So I understand why, and I'm very sensitive to that because I get it. You know, being a working actor is hard, especially if that's like you don't want if it's like that's what you want your career to be. You don't want to do like side jobs or whatever. And you shouldn't have to like you should be able to do one job and be able to live off of that. Now, that being said, I do find it a little bit, I guess, a little bit disappointing that, you know, it used to be back pre pandemic back in my day, <laughs> back in my day. You could go to an anime convention and there would be like designated signing times where you could like bring your stuff to the uh, English dub actors uh, the, of your, fa your favorite English dub actor of your choice or what have you. And they would sign your things uh, and they would have stuff available for sale and you could buy stuff if you wanted like a custom print or something like that. But they would like sign your stuff or like your convention book or something like for free and i thought that was always a great selling point for anime conventions over like comic cons which we lovingly or maybe hatefully refer to as uh celebrity petting zoos um and i really enjoyed that as a sort of contrast to be like oh i can come and i can meet you know the voice of whomst ever and they can sign my thingy for free um, and if I wanted something else, like a print or whatever, that would be an extra charge, and I would have no problem uh, paying for that. But now we exist in a point where pretty much all of the English dub actors, like, they charge to sign even the things that you bring them, regardless if you buy one of their products or not. And the Japanese guests sign for no charge. And I'm just like, well, this seems just so backwards. And, like, I know I'm complaining I understand why they have to do it because most of the time they have to live in, you know, very large cities like New York or LA. And it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to make a living off of uh, being a, an actor, uh, especially small scale like this. Um, so they got to supplement their income somehow, but I'm going to complain about it anyway. Gosh, darn it. Because I remember <laughs> the days where it wasn't like this. Okay. End of rant. Am I done now? Does that sound fair and balanced? I think that's, is that a reasonable take? Am I just whining now? I well, don't know. No, I mean, the, the thing that, that you're kind of missing is that a lot of that comes out to contract terms. Like, it used to be mm -hmm. that they would come out, and they, they basically, the commission would pay the voice actors, the guests, 
a little bit more and tell them, okay, you don't charge for autographs at our convention. You just come as you are. and We pay a little more. But because guest relations is so much larger now, because, you know, every voice actor for every cartoon is such a, a big name now and they're so well known, they make more money by taking a smaller cut from the convention but charging you $10, $15, $20, whatever, for those autographs. So it's just a way that the the way that the the, you know, the, the broadly fandom has changed now. That because it's such they a should big... change that for me specifically. <laughs> you and you alone. Well, I mean the the issue is that because everyone is an anime fan now because it's so big, it's one of those you know double edged swords. It's it's great to be part of the the mainstream pop culture. It's great that everybody's watching stuff on Netflix now and the kids are getting into it. It's nice that, you know, Demon Slayer and My Hero Academia and whatever are just part of pop culture. But you do lose the that sort of, you know, counterculture, subculture edge that we grew up on to a degree. And it's, you know, AWA has always been big as far as I've been going, but it's, it's certainly not been as big as it is now. You kids get out of my stuff. I want my free autographs. <laughs> Go away. Go back to your five nights at Fortnite. Um, stop liking anime, please. <laughs> stop liking anime, please. That should be the 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 new uh, tagline for the third Impact Anime podcast. Stop liking what I like because you're inconveniencing me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That that was the point of my entire rant. It's a very very <laughs> selfish, very mean spirited. Uh, me uh, for once. Yes. But it's, it's funny you mentioned that and it comes up on the AW episode because it made me think of uh, Amy Howard Wilson. So Amy Howard Wilson was one of the voice actresses for Star Blazers way back in the day. And she took to anime fans and the fandom very, very soon after Star Blazers became such a big thing to the point where she met her future husband at AWA. And for a long time, uh, when I was still, you know, still pretty fresh on the scene, I would go to Star Blazers panels or Yamato panels just because, you know, it's something to, to do, something to step into, to see what it is. It is always full of, you know, the older crowd. And they would always do the, the Star Blazers meetups at AWA specifically. And she, uh, Amy, and, and Dave would, would show up in a part of that. And unfortunately, uh, Amy passed in uh, 2021. But for a while there, they, the regular Star Blazers meetup was a thing at AWA and hell again, voice actor meeting your future partner through fandom. Now we've got, you know, they're, they're part of the customers. Now you have to keep them at arm's length. You have to charge them for autographs. That's just, it's just, it's just so wild to think how that has changed. Oh, sure. I mean, I totally get that. And, and to, to an extent, like I understand that too, you know, because these actors are so much more famous now because, you know, like you said, anime is so much bigger now. Uh, the internet makes them so much more famous than they probably would be had they stayed sort of like an underground sort of niche thing. But now everybody's got like, you know, they got their social media accounts and they've got their, you know, constant updates about, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the game I'm working on. This is the show I'm working on. It's just like it makes them so much more accessible. And I get, you know, kind of the, the financial uh, hurdle that you have to jump over does sort of uh, protect them from getting you know, just bombarded with, uh, you know, an endless, never-ending stream of people coming up to their table, 
uh, for you know hours and hours and hours on end. If you have that sort of financial barrier, you can kind of control the crowd a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand it from that perspective too. Because now in this modern era, it's like it's it's very different than what you described. Like the world you described is pretty much gone. Like there are probably other niche subcultures that are still like that to this day, but certainly not here. I, I guess that's part of the existential dread that I'm I'm sort of coming to terms with. <laughs> you know, it was it was mm-hmm. kind of a, a little club, and the club opened up, and that's great. Like by all means, I don't want to be a gatekeeper, but I I think that's something that is kind of lost in these discussions of of quote unquote gatekeeping is. There was something kind of special about it when it was just a smaller group of people that is kind of lost. And I don't, I well, don't really know how to reconcile that. We only have ourselves and others like us to blame because we did start an anime podcast after all. We did True. start doing panels telling people to watch cool things. And gosh darn it, they actually listened to us. What a horrible thing for <laughs> us to have done to ourselves. I mean, to be fair, I don't think the people watching you know, whatever the new hotness. I don't think the people watching Attack on Titan 2013, My Eric Damien 2015, Demon Slayer in 2017, 18, whatever. And whatever the new, what is the new hotness now? I don't even know anymore what the new thing is. Like, I don't think those people are listening to our Five podcast. Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, but there are people watching Five Nights at Freddy's uh, streaming. I don't think they're, they're not the people going to our, our panels. It's just part <laughs> of the culture now. It's It's become popular. It's become mainstream in a way that certainly has always kind of been true, but it, taken off exponentially in the past decade or two yeah their parents come to our panels because uh, the people you're describing are between the ages of uh, seven and twelve so we talked about panel i guess let's talk about panels a little bit um tori why don't why don't you go yeah tori why don't you go first tell us about your panel experience um yeah so i only submitted one panel because i also thought that i wasn't going to be going and um, it was my Jinji Ito panel. And I don't know if it was just hey, me. Bless you. Um, please leave that in. That was that scared me. <laughs> scared? Jinji Ito conversation? I sneezed. It was scary. Hey. Um, what was I saying? Um, I don't know if it was just me. But that was like the toughest panel crowd I've ever had. Um, I I feel like I had a full house. I couldn't see from kind of my angle that I was sitting at and the way they had the chairs placed. But yeah, it looked you pretty like pretty much did. Okay, it looked like the room was full, which was good. I I you know expected that. That was pretty cool. But like, other than like Kurt in the front audience, nobody was having a reaction to anything, and I was like, what is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um i usually no like i i've ran this panel plenty of plenty of times and i have plenty of like audience reaction so i like i i don't know was it just late was everybody just tired i don't know what but it was like a very weird vibe in there i don't know it was a little cursed um but needless to say i still had fun it was still good i love presenting that panel very very much um and I had a good time. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's all that really matters. <laughs> it was just a very weird vibe in there. I don't know. Was it just me? Um, I mean, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really notice anything hugely different from other times that you've done it. But I mean, you're 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 the better person to gauge the vibe of the of the room anyway, because you can see well, you said you couldn't see, but you could 
you get a feel better feel for the audience than me just being amid the audience i guess so yeah i i don't don't know know. it was very it was very strange but i don't know um, well well maybe you know because times have changed a little bit i mean when you started doing the your jinji ito panel it was sort of like at the beginning of his sort of emergence into mass notoriety here in the states so and now Mm -hmm. we're a couple years into that so maybe the maybe the temperature of people interested in Jinji Ito has changed a little bit maybe uh, maybe there's something there with him being a lot more popular and I don't I don't know maybe uh, people in the past were maybe just more enthusiastic and excited to hear about him but now that everybody sort of knows who the guy is maybe the the excitement is a little bit more subdued i don't, I don't really know i'm just kind of speculating I, I, I don't know but see I, like i i still go to panels for things that like i know about and still oh, yeah, find too. excitement in that so i don't know it's true that's true i mean i it, i would guess that it is really just that crowd sometimes it happens there's there times yeah. where i do panels in the same year and one can yeah. kill it the jokes could be i mean people could be roaring with laughter and I go yeah. to another commission, uh, you know, a month or two after, and they just are silent. They don't get the jokes. Yeah. And, right. I think they're like, and I'm like, you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't I think, sweat it too much. You're, you're probably I mean, I right, Tobias. Somebody, somebody said that weekend on Blue Sky. I can't remember who it was, but somebody said it's, it's wild that in 2023, panels for Junji Ito are bringing out more people than they do for Ghibli. Like, Ito's becoming a bigger name than Miyazaki is. And, I think that I think was um, 15 years ago. I think ago? that was Lex Dunbar that said that. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Was that a subtweet? Like... No, I think no, that was no, 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 <laughs> no. It wasn't. It was no, it, it not about you. It wasn't <laughs> no, about you. I know. I'm joking. I know that. I'm joking. <laughs> but it, it's, but it, I mean, it, it it's crazy because like we like reading scanlations for like what Amigara Fault back in the day. This is like, a yes. little horror manga that it was you know Jinji's Jinji character. He may be something. One day, and now we've got Toonami <laughs> is producing uh what uh, Uzumaki. Uzumaki, yeah, <laughs> this mm-hmm. huge thing. Like it's it's so wild to see how big this that's come. So I don't think it has to do with the subject matter at all. If anything, it's just you know Saturday night's tough. You're fighting against the rave. Even AWA with all those people, you're fighting against the rave. And sometimes it is just it is what it is. It, sometimes it doesn't seem like the jokes are killing it. Sometimes you know being in the crowd, being in the crowd for both the Spider Man panel. And uh, I went to Kurt's panel on Saban Entertainment. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of little you know, snickers and giggling in the crowd of jokes. I don't. I wouldn't worry about it too much, honestly. It's a good panel, yeah. good content. I know you know what you're talking about, so it is. Listen, it is. sometimes people laugh, and then some people laugh inside their heart, and you don't always hear it. So no, that's fair. No, like I like, it's fine. I just was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> So, but um, yeah, that was all I ran, and um, I feel like I went to a fair amount of panels this year, um, but I didn't stay in a whole bunch of panels because, like, I felt like I needed to keep moving. So I would like sit in a like a little bit of a panel, and then I would get up, and then I'd walk around, and then I'd go go into another panel, and then I'd get up and walk around. So. The pieces of the panels that I did see were really good, and there were two that I missed that I really hate that I missed. And um, which ones? That was the Lane one, um, the mm. one that was about serial experiments Lane, and then um, the one on the modern Japanese literature, because apparently 
it just seemed like something that I would really, really like. It was a lot of book recommendations of different genres. And um, I tried to go see if somebody like in the Facebook group had went to it and could give me a list and like nobody like replied. Um, mm. So that was kind of a bummer. I'm sure people went because it was very interesting subject matter, but um, I really would have loved to have known what they talked about. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, maybe 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 somebody will finally get back to you. Who knows? But um, yeah. yeah, speaking of panel, I mean, we were kind of in the same in the same boat there, Tori. But one, a uh, couple panels that I specifically want to shout out is uh, going to uh, Robbie, who you heard on the segment earlier, Bokusachi. His his panel on anime glasses, absolutely hilarious. Like, I don't think i i didn't get a chance to see any of his panels back when we were in person in 2019 and i had only seen some of his panels whenever he had done uh stuff for anime <laughs> lockdown and virtual Nakacon, i believe but man like he is such a talented panelist and extremely funny very well written jokes just shout out to you bokusachi i know you're listening to this because you're a sicko <laughs> like that but Man, my hat's off to you. And Tobias, I think you saw some some other of his panels, right? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think he's 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 evolved uh, since the last time I saw him. I want to say that uh, twenty seventeen or so, he did like a mecha panel, like a broad history of mecha panel, and that was you know what it is—a history of mecha panel. I don't, I didn't really think nothing bad, but nothing like great about it. It was just kind of what it was. This, this is this a was, robot. This, this is a super robot. This I, is a real <laughs> robot. I mean, it, again, there was this was a few years ago, so I just remember it, it was fine. I enjoyed it, but his the way he's done things now. You talked about the Megane panel. I sat in for a little bit on the baseball panel, and I sat through the whole, or I was I attended the whole anime aesthetics panel, and I feel like he's got a formula, a very, uh, very quick manner of speaking that, that makes the jokes land, especially when they're very dry jokes, and he keeps rolling through them. Very funny, very sort of. I hate to say formulaic, but again, I, I feel like based on what you said and what he said later, that the Megane panel and the baseball panel have very similar formatting between the two. Yes. And it makes very, very entertaining stuff. You're not really so much there to learn as you would be in a very, I guess, like more dry sort of educational style panel. He's there to just throw a bunch of titles at you and get you interested in those titles, which is something, you know, hell, I was... Just before the recording, I was listening to Bill's episode with Colleen Magarex, and Colleen brings something up that is in a TikTok. You're not really there to have deep critical analysis. You're there to recommend stuff and throw titles at people to go read. Here's a panel, go read it. You know, go here's a manga you should read if you like this. Go read it. And I feel like even in the anime aesthetics panel, which I did go to, while he has a point and there's a a point he's making throughout the entire hour. In a lot of ways, he's throwing titles at you and showing you, here's the different ways anime can look. Here's some Yuasa stuff. Here's like Kaiba. Here's Angaku and how that looks drastically different than something more traditional, something something like, I don't know, Naruto or Demon Slayer or more shonen, you know, shonen-esque. He's throwing a bunch of different things at you. And the little bit that I got to sit in on the baseball panel was very similar. And like, let's, let's do some baseball jokes. Let's sort of work it in with the crowd. But basically, here's a bunch of shows and even shows that have baseball episodes. He showed an, uh, an episode of uh, uh, what, uh, Brand New Animal. Uh, yeah, well, I, I didn't see that. Samurai uh, Champloo. I'm sure. But he showed um, uh, uh, Dermy, Dermy, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dorimi. Yeah, Dorimi. Yeah, so you should like it's a little bit of Dorimi, for instance. It is things like, hey, here's a bunch of things you probably haven't heard of that have baseball episodes. And I kind of get the impression that
uh, and and actually does go out and makes the stuff in like a camping context, like in real life, to inform his research for the panel, uh, which again is its own level of a uh, of sicko nonsense that I can only aspire to. So uh, hats off to uh, NOS as well. Uh, really great work there. And while we're talking about people that we know and have talked to in the past, I did go to Kurt Great SG's History of Zaban Entertainment panel, which I had missed. I don't know if he did it in amazement. I don't think so. I know that I didn't go to one in amazement. Uh, unfortunately, due to scheduling, I didn't get to go to his Shoujo Rock Heaven, nor awesomely bad music videos, because we were uh, in the in the car traveling that Thursday night. But we're all uh, uh, deeply terrible roommates. Uh, at mm-hmm. least I am, because I didn't get a chance to go to any of his stuff. So uh, I'm sorry, Kurt. I love you. No, I think I think you guys had a, a concert or something, a history of Saban. But I wanted to go to this because I, a person that grew up watching Saban shows, and since I hadn't got to see this panel room before. And again, that was like a two-hour panel. And again, it was just so chock full of information. And I mean, likewise, Kurt knows this stuff. He's done a lot of time to research this and put this stuff together. He's uh, likewise sort of a man after our own heart as far as implementing videos and doing a really good slideshow as part of the presentation as well. So it was fun to revisit that stuff. And of course, something like Power Rangers, that that was a, a big work for me back uh, when I was seven years old. But even going back and revisiting something like Grimm's Fairy Tales or Inspector Gadget, things I hadn't really thought of since, oh man, since forever, and learning a lot about these people, these names that I've heard in your credits list for a while, and really informative, really great, really, really enjoyed going to them. What do we think of uh, going to, uh, you know, somebody that we didn't previously know, there are panelists uh, like that that do exist, uh, about going to that uh, one guy's panel about running an anime group in as an adult? Yeah, I I we I wanted to make a point to go to that because it's something that Austin and I have talked about various points over the past two or three years, trying to do trying to figure out the best format to put together a local a local sort of meetup now that we're firmly out of our college years and you know, firmly have full time jobs and not able to have all the free time. You know, the, the I mean, the, the the slideshow was kind of basic, whatever, but I really wasn't there for the slideshow. A lot of these panels, I am there for the show, the presentation, but here it was just for the, the advice, the information. And now that I would say he presented very well. This is a, yeah. a I want to say a, a dude and his partner, I want to say. Again, I was, I, I, it was hard for me to hear from the back of the room exactly he, um, what was being said. I don't, I don't but, know if that was his partner, but he said that. That's the, his friend. The, yeah, the girl his that friend, was with him okay. is um, both his friend and someone that attends his week, his like weekly um, anime nights. Okay, okay, just another response. Well, I know he mentioned in the big thing that when he does these events at his house, he cooks dinner and has people bring potluck sort of stuff. And that's, that seems to me such a so obvious thing in retrospect is to get anybody to come to things, you have to have food there. <laughs> that is yeah. the yeah. surefire True. way to get people to show up. And it's something that I just really haven't, thought of doing it's been a long time since i've really stopped and heard to cook for other people uh just the past few years the pandemic has sort of made me a little antisocial, and the kitchen in my current place isn't isn't the best uh so i really haven't it's not something that's really crossed my mind really but uh if, if that were to happen in the future i think that would certainly be a major point that i would pick up from his panel is make food get people yeah. invested uh, as, as part of that yeah and he did something that 
you know, whenever I think about it, it's it's so obvious, but I think it's really important to remember when it comes to really any sort of friend friend thing or social event that you want to do. It's just like tie it into the the bare like what whatever whatever your thing is, tie it into those basic elements that make you know, being around other human beings, like, enjoyable, regardless of whatever you're doing. And a lot of times that that comes down to food and, you know, just fellowship, you know, just hanging out with people, having a good time, whatever it is that you're doing. And he really leaned into that part of the conversation because I think it's obvious for us to think, like, oh, if you want to run an anime group, you just, you know, get some people together and you watch Sit anime. Sit and watch it's anime. Right. And like, of course, that's a big part of it. But the thing that's going to last the longest, the thing that's going to be the most meaningful that people are going to remember, you know, years from then is like those human connections. And a lot of the times human beings make connections through food and, and leaning into that part of the conversation is I feel like something, again, like you said, Tobias is so obvious, but it can be really easy to forget because um, everybody gets hungry. Everybody wants to, you know, share a meal, share a meal with cool people and um you know that could that could be the that could be the most important thing that you do in a meeting in like a meetup like that, regardless of whatever show you like or if everybody's into it or or whatever. It's just like you know, lean into the basics. Don't forget the basics. there were any other panels that i went to that really stood out to us you know i i i, I sat, jumped in and added things really quickly i talked about um robbie's baseball panel i did have a little bit of time to get into dave merrill's anime co-productions panel and it was stuff from from the beginning of beginning of time basically it was not the more recent things we think of as you know the sort of netflix co-productions uh, talking about some of the when more the cavemen and initial... when the cavemen were making their anime, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, informative as always. It's a like a, it's the 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 bit that I got to sit in for was the old like seventies and eighties sort of cartoons, almost like American cartoons that were just happened to be made in Japan. We think of the earlier stuff like the Rankin Bass, you know, the the Hobbit, the original Hobbit movie, stuff like that. And it was uh, it was stuff that he even he said he had to dig and find clips for these these, these individual shows. So always kind of fascinating because he's he's again someone that's lived those those uh, he's lived during that period. Something that mm-hmm. we can't really nobody here can really attest to. It's one thing for us to do research and do a lot of Google foo and whatnot to find this stuff, but you know, Dave's got a, a huge collection of clips and information from back in the day that. You know, I, I just hope gets gets archived somewhere. I feel like more and more of that older crowd, the older stuff, are just kind of being lost as time goes on. You can count on Dave for a lot of things, but one of the things you absolutely can count on for sure is that he is going to be a a, a, a media dumpster diver, especially from that like '60s to '80s uh, time frame. Uh, I went to that panel as well for the explicit purpose of giving him back his uh, animazement convention guides that he mailed me like two years ago. 
and I gave it back to him in the exact envelope that he mailed them to me in. So I think he thought that was funny. Other than that, uh, there was a FF14 panel I went to that was kind of cool. Wow. How was that? It was it, so jumping into it, I was worried because the first thing I saw when I walked in that room was they were trying to connect to Wi-Fi to use Google Google Slides. Oh no. Yeah, so you know exactly <laughs> what I my worry were like, oh so this panel's not happening is what I was hearing. And the, the room the room was pretty high energy. There was cosplay there. There were the one of the, the people I was sitting next to, he had the polygonal grapes that are have become infamous from from Walker. <laughs> he had like a whole costume for these little polygonal grapes. It was pretty funny. I was sitting right behind uh Irene and Gaia that I took a picture of and posted in our, our album. And that was cool. Uh, I got to talk with a more general Final Fantasy fan uh, in line leading up to that. He'd never played 14 before. He just wanted to go to a Final Fantasy panel. So uh, I hope he got something out of it because that was certainly a 14 panel, not a general panel. So I, you know, I hope he got something out of it or maybe encouraged him to go play. But luckily, literally the minute the panel was supposed to start, they were able to get a Wi-Fi signal and actually present the panel. <laughs> So the uh, the bring, first half, huh? you you bring up an interesting idea that I, I I think about sometimes. It's just like it seems like there's like two types of Final Fantasy fans. It's like Final Fantasy fans and then Final Fantasy fourteen fans, and these are often not the same circle. I mean, that could be said. I think there's a lot of different factions within the games. You've got you know Seven's the big linchpin for like a lot of people out there that is the big one the one that sort of changed not only the franchise but gave the gaming culture as a whole you know there's a lot of people that are into to seven specifically there's a lot of people that are only into the mmos there are people that won't play any of the 3d ones they think it peaked with six and they refuse to play anything after six yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of different factions there uh to, to be fair like it's not just a 14 specific thing although yes the wave of acclaim for the game for the past few years since Shadowbringers has reached a fever pitch. A fever pitch, I think, is honestly the peak of it. We'll have to see what happens in the future, but I think the high point of, to be fair, as someone that is on a 14 podcast that still plays several times a week, uh, still does community events, I kind of feel fear even that we're, we've hit the peak of the game, but I'm still enjoying it. I'm still, I'm still loving it. I'm still loving talking about it. And uh, during this panel, uh, the, the the first half was it was the lore of FF14. It was a lore panel specifically. And the first half, they kind of just went through expansion, had some interesting little lore bits from this and that. It was kind of all over the place, but it was still fun. People enjoyed it broadly. The second half was more speculation about the upcoming expansion, Dawn Trail, uh, that's going to be coming out next summer. A little bit of here's what we know. Here's the different things that have come up about Tyrol and the new area. So let's speculate about what it could be. And that was that was interesting as well. I think they really knew their stuff. The presentation, like like the guy that did the anime meetup, was a little sparser than I would do personally. But ultimately, you're there to learn the information to 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 take it all in. And I think they won bonus points for that. Well, that's good. I'm glad that even though it wasn't maybe the best panel ever, you still had a really good time with it. It, it definitely encouraged me to go ahead and do one for whatever I do next year. 
Well, there you go. You're going to have to catch up so you can go to my panel next year. Get to it. I will come anyway. Spoilers be hecked. So we're about to wrap up this episode and our coverage of Anime Week in Atlanta 2023, but we got a couple questions from the Discord of things people wanted us to bring up. So uh, Bill asks, uh, any interesting panels? We've already talked about that. Two, how was it getting around, he asks. Um, you know, good enough. I mean, it was a little bit different than previous years. Like we said, registration was in a different place, and that was a little bit confusing, but... Uh, it was really only confusing, like, the one time we had to go there. But, you know, other than that, um, you know, it's fairly normal getting around. I, I will give them that. There was very, there were very few traffic issues, I felt like. They completely reversed the, the one-way direction they had going from the outside. You know, it used to be that you had to leave from the Galleria to walk into the Waverly, but they've changed it now where you walk you into the little hallway with the Waverly and walk outside and through the smoking area around the smoking area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little weirded out by that at first, but you know, all weekend I can't think of a, a traffic jam situation. I had traffic flowed smoothly throughout the whole thing, which is, I, I guess it's good that I didn't think about it during the convention. True. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think only once we got caught in a group of people, and that was from coming out of a concert. So, like, I don't really, that's to be expected. There was no real, like, congestion of people through regular convention traffic. So, yeah. yeah. That was also on Saturday at, like, 2.30 p.m., yes. which was, like, the peak of busyness. Yes, to be expected. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also, well, I guess the other major traffic jam was just the artist alley in general. Oh, always Oof, that corner. Man. Always that back corner. Every single year I've ever been, that corner just gets condensed full of people. And it's like so awful. Yeah, because the artist alley is, there's not, they're, they're packed in just as tight as the dealers are pretty much. There's really no traffic space in addition to browsing space like they haven't padded it out with extra space like at all uh, i imagine to fit in as many booths as possible um and man it, it really did impede there were really moments where there would get a, a, a traffic jam in front of a specific booth and then uh you know there would be people like behind you uh, trying to get by while you're trying to like stand there and look at the artist's wares and it could be could be a little bit uh a little bit frustrating especially if there's like other people browsing there at the same booth that you want to look to look at i mean uh it could it could get a little little squirrely but you know hopefully at the next venue they'll have a lot more a lot more space to pad it out it it didn't really seem like an issue in the dealer's hall area no it was just the artist alley and i feel like it's just because the aisles were a little more closely packed together honestly I think one of the difference between dealers booths generally and artist booths is that like 
a lot of dealers booths especially the larger ones you, you actually like go in into you know like you go in between their shelves and things like that and you know circle around inside of the booth whereas the artists most of the time it's just a table like you guys you just got to stand in front of it and look at their stuff bill also asks common cosplays or ones that were unique uh to answer the second part first i there were not that many like super unique amazing like cosplays that like blew my mind there were a couple like cosplays of characters that i really like that i was excited to see but nothing like mind-blowing or like earth-shatteringly cool or whatever with the exception of like the themed among us cosplays <laughs> yeah there were a couple of fog guys that's all t fog guys yeah uh, interesting enough yeah um there were a couple of funny mashups. There was now that Trigon is back in style. <laughs> what year is it? Yep. Uh, there was a couple <laughs> of fun Vash crossovers. There was a like a couple Barbie Vash. I saw at least two yeah. Barbie Vashes, and that was kind of funny. And just had a lot of weird, weird the ways to remix Trigon with other Phantoms. That was kind of interesting. Uh, somebody had a big old Dry Bones, Dry Bones from Mario costume. That, that was, was pretty cool. cool. I think I took a picture of that in the mm-hmm. through it. Um, I took a bunch of fourteen cosplay that was pretty unique. I would say that you did. Um, yeah, common cosplays. I, I you know Demon Slayer is still number one. Uh, well, Genshin Impact is number one by default, but that doesn't right. count since the Chinese game, not anime. Uh, but no, Genshin is still far and away the the winner, followed by Demon Slayer. I would say Baldur's Gate three really blew me away with the amount of cosplay. I know that that's sort of taken off in a way that I didn't expect this year, but there were a ton of Baldur's Gate cosplay, a ton of Astarians. I saw, I want to say a couple of Shadow Hearts, I, I think the character's called. I haven't actually so played say, Baldur's Gate yet, but I so recognize you, you those say, too. You say that, and I feel like I would not be able to differentiate a Baldur's Gate 3 cosplay from a Final Fantasy fourteen cosplay or from just like any other <laughs> MMO that I don't know anything about. <laughs> well, if you can't tell the difference between... A Faerun, a character from the Forgotten Realms, and a character from Genshin Impact, that is on you squarely. <laughs> oh, I said 14, not Genshin Impact. Well, I I know what a Genshin Impact looks like. Well, do, but, do, but do I know what a VTuber looks like? You got me. I don't think I saw it. No, I saw, I saw a Corona. I know that, but that's the There's only the VTuber shark. There's the little oh, shark one that's uh, Gar- always popular. Gargura. Yeah, there were a couple of Gargura yeah. cosplays as well. That's true. Uh, yeah, I want to say that was kind of the, the big standout to me was Baldur's Gate. Oh, and since Bill mentioned in the Discord, yes, One Piece is back in style. As oh, absolutely. Say. The TV sh- So much One the, Piece. The Netflix absolutely did wonders. Like, sure, there's a lot of cosplay from the more recent arcs and seasons, but yeah, buggy. There were tons of buggies. Tons oh, of so uh, many buggies. Tons of fem, fem buggies, for sure. Just a lot of a lot of variations on the Netflix show. So it, it's... One Piece has always been popular to a degree, but even more so this year, for sure. I feel like every time I saw a cosplay that I was pretty sure was Nami, it was always like the blue and white striped shirt that she wears in the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. And like, I know there's like a tons, tons of Nami's, tons of Nami looks and everything. Uh, but I saw that one specifically a lot, and I bet that was probably because of of Netflix One Piece. 
Um, another big one uh, was uh, lots of Bochi the, Bochi the Rock, but mm. almost exclusively dudes dressed <laughs> <Yeah>. as Bochi. <laughs> with beards. Dudes with beards. <laughs> yeah. There was, yeah. A, was a group of the whole Kas- uh, Kasoku band. They're all dudes yep. with beards. Yep. I think I saw one or two <laughs> actual girls you know, as Bochi. Yeah, a few. <laughs> it was a few. But, but certainly uh, outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> By a significant margin. Yeah. Oh, there was a free run at some point. I didn't get her picture, unfortunately. But I did oh, see really? a free run from across the way. Okay. Very nice. I hate I missed that. But uh, somebody in the Discord posted a, uh, a, a cosplay of a free run being eaten by the mimic, <laughs> like uh, in the Discord, which is really, really funny. Just like yeah. the guy was dressed as the mimic and had constructed free run's legs just uh, kicking outside <laughs> of the mimic's mouth, which is very good. I figured it'd be a little bit too early for anybody who's like watching free run to like cosplay for it at this convention, but I don't, I can't really get a gauge of how popular that anime is, is taking off, even though I know it's like pretty highly acclaimed right now. Um, but I, I'm deeply enjoying the manga and I'm excited to watch more of the show, uh, cause it's very good, but, um, yeah. Uh, Ryan wants to know how many times did Tori say that's Amore during the weekend? None. None? Well, you got to step that up. That's Amore. <laughs> Give me your catchphrase now. Aside, I thought it was go outside and read a book or something like that. I thought it I was, don't know. I need my chicken espresso. <laughs> chicken espresso. <laughs> Stop liking anime, please. <laughs> uh, Abby asks, how many 14 nerds did Tobias talk to? Uh, not as much as I would have liked. Uh, a lot of the cosplay, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm the sort of introverted guy. I just want to get a picture of you and to move about my way and quit, you know, interrupting your, your time. So I took a lot of pictures, but didn't get a whole lot of conversation. Uh, I will say that right after the panel, I did sort of just sit and chat with some people about, you know, the current state of the game, what we've been doing. And it was funny because as I made my way after wandering back to the, uh, the Junji Ida panel to wait, because I know we were going to head out together. Like one of the other people just happened to be there. We like, continued our conversation right outside the panel room, <laughs> like, like thirty <laughs> minutes to an hour later. It was kind of funny to, well, to nice. have that. And I think once we recognized each other as fourteen seconds, like, oh, let's just keep talking. Why not? What, what are you doing? It was, that was cool. Well, that's nice. That's really great. Uh, Ryan wants to know how many K-pop fans did Tori talk to? <laughs> um, none. Unless you count my friend that was there with us, question mark. Of course. Um, but I, I didn't go to any, like, K-pop panels or anything like that, um, actually. And uh, we didn't have time to stop by the K-pop store, so zero. Well, I, I talked to one. I, I want to say in the, yeah, in the, Tori, in the Toriana line, like, there was somebody with a twice sweatshirt around us. And I wanted, didn't you guys, like, ask That was him? me. Yeah, I like asked him. You, you asked him. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right. He, the guy with the lanyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked him where he got his lanyard, and he said he got it from the mm-hmm. K-pop store. Uh, mm-hmm. And I asked him if he went to the show, and he said yes, and he really liked it. And that he went to the show last yeah. year, too, which yeah. we also did. Mm-hmm. And uh, See, I, did... I don't talk to strangers, so. <laughs> well, I do, because I actively want to get abducted. That's a joke. Please don't steal me. Um, no, I, I and I saw, I saw a fair amount of twice- shirts i am and i saw yeah. one shirt that was really cool it might have been a tour shirt from like the tour 
like two tours ago, but it, it just had the twice low. It was a black shirt and just had the twice logo on the front. And then it had like all of their names down the back, which mm-hmm. I very, very minimalist, very something very similar to what I would want to buy if I were yeah. going to buy another twice shirt. Uh, let's see. Did you, uh, Ryan also asks, did you find out why next year is in December? Uh, my speculation is that's the best date they could get. Yeah. Yep. Not really. I don't think that was a choice. They actively chose so much as that's which that's the only thing that was available to them. That is a very large change. And I am interested to see how it works out for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will asks, I always want to know what the number one dominant cosplay was at the con. Uh, again, we kind of already addressed that. Probably Genshin Impact, but Demon Slayer is still pretty popular. One Piece, you know, all the big stuff that you would imagine. Only only, cool. only, a couple of Oshinokos, considering the splash it made last yeah. year. I'm surprised there weren't a lot more, yeah. uh, more stuff from Oshinoko. I saw more of the two kids than I did of I Hoshino. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw a pun pun. (laughs) Yep. Saw a pun pun. That was was kind of exciting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I saw a, um, I saw a Tomie and she had made like a a prosthetic Mm -hmm. face um, on top of her face. That was really impressive. A fair amount of Evangelion. I felt like I saw a ton of Ava. It's like everywhere. Saw a couple Lupin the Thirds. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a mix of a lot of lot of stuff. You know, JoJo's still a thing all across the entire totally. uh, breadth of, of that series. I, I mean, it's just kind of a good mix of everything. Honestly, Atlanta is a big city. Yep. So you're gonna get a good mix of, of everything really at this con. Lots of Jujutsu Kaisen because I feel like that's like mm-hmm. a really easy one for lots of people. Yeah, yeah, that's another big one for sure. I think that's about it. That's all the stuff that people asked us to talk about. So uh, I guess I'll let you guys go. I detect some sleepiness among our ranks, and I definitely don't want to keep you longer than uh, than than I deserve. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys both for joining me on this another excellent convention recap. And uh, had a really good time at uh, Anime Week in Atlanta this year. Really glad that we were able to go to send off the Renaissance Waverly Cobb Galleria area on a high note. Uh, really happy to have seen a lot of really cool concerts and to uh, reconnect with some buddies and see them, uh, folks that I hadn't seen in a long time, and and of course hang out with you guys, which is always a pleasure. So um, looking forward to uh, if we're able to go next year. Looking forward to what the new venue will bring and sort of the new opportunities there. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll just have to see. I think I've covered it covered my feelings pretty in depth uh, about the change and about what it means to me and what this convention has mean to me, both, you know, this episode and the conversation we had a few years back when I first sort of talked about it. Yeah. It's a, a big change, a new chapter about the convention and my life as well. So I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. We'll just have to see what, what light brings. Yep. I'm excited to see the changes and um, hopefully they have a smooth time working out any issues that are, sure to arise with a new space a new set of times and um new everything for them going into the event and um yeah that's that's kind of it so where can people connect with you guys online and if you have anything to promote now is your time to do it uh, well i it's been a while since i've been on 
the podcast, I want to say, um, except for Grand Line Reborn, which a new episode should be coming out uh, sometime, <laughs> sometime soon. It's <laughs> it's kind of in the editing bay. It's uh, things have been a little a little hectic lately. But do I, you I imagine am, it will be before January? Uh, yes, absolutely before January. Hopefully, maybe get back <laughs> with me on that. Uh, but no, I am back on social media, I think is the big change. I'm on Blue Sky now, which you all should be. And if you're not, you can hit me up for a Blue Sky code because we all have them now. Yes, we do. <laughs> Get these things away so from many. me. so many. Please take them. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not really, it's not really so much of a walled garden anymore. I mean, it is technically, but, you know, if you need a Blue Sky code, hit me up because I can get you in. It's it's a very, it reminds me of the earlier, slower days of Twitter. Uh, I can check it once a day and feel like I'm caught up rather than needing to be on it constantly uh, all the time, which is nice. It's it's nice. Uh, I'm there. You can just search for uh, Tobias McNabb. I'm sure you will find me as well as the Third Impact account. So check me out there. Uh, likewise, I uh, have got another podcast. I'm part of the Awesome Cast now with the Carbuncle Chronicle. So maybe you're interested to hear a little bit more about FF14 and my experience with that. Uh, you can check that out. That's, uh, we do something like once a month now. I think we're kind of slowing down with. Uh, Don Trail coming up, but we're still pretty active there. Uh, you can find me on the Primal Data Center on Leviathan uh, if you want to play and hang out with us on the Third Impact Anime Discord, which is primarily where a lot of us do our talking and chatting on the regular, probably even more so than social media. You know, we have a channel 414, so if you want to join up and clear some content with us, feel free. Just hit a tag me, tag us. And we'll make some time to help you clear some stuff. Yeah, I'm mostly over in the Discord myself. Um, and I'm on Blue Sky. My handle's the same. It's at uh, Worst Waifu. And I've just been trying to slowly transition into using a new social media um, platform. And it's been okay. Other than that, I, have, I don't know. I'm in the Discord. <laughs> I'm in the Discord as well, and also on Blue Sky. I switched back to an old handle I used to use, so I'm no longer Bebop Shock on there. I am Ars Arcantum, which is a stupid play on words for uh, Ars Arcanum, which is a uh, a super move in uh, Kingdom Hearts. But instead of can, I'm can't. Oh, you're a Kingdom uh, Hearts fan? Wow. I, I, I am. I dabble. I dabble. It's It's kind of neat. It's something I'm just getting into for the first time. Anyway, you can find me over there on Blue Sky, uh, but more importantly, you can follow the Third Impact Anime Podcast uh, over on our website, thirdimpactanime.com, where you can find an archive of this and every other previous episode that we've ever done. If you are ever curious if we've reviewed a certain manga or anime that you are interested in, and uh, you can also find our podcast on pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. Um, with the exception of just a few, but we're on pretty much everything. We're also on YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. You can find us still on... I'll, I'll do episode updates on, like, Mastodon and threads every now and again. And, you know, Twitter sometimes just to announce a new episode. But I pretty much stop posting uh, personal stuff uh, up on my Twitter. So that's pretty much sunsetted. Uh, you can always find me on Blue Sky and in the Third Impact Anime Discord, which, again, is open to all. Uh, we only have one small channel paywalled for our Patreon subscribers. Uh, in that paywalled channel, you can find exclusive outtakes, uh, not guaranteed to actually be funny, 
and you get uh, episode announcements before everyone else and the opportunity to ask questions if we ever solicit them. Uh, speaking of our Patreon, our Patreon is patreon.com slash thirdimpactanime, where we have a few small tiers with a few minuscule bonuses uh, guaranteed to our patrons. And if you want to support the podcast, that is the best way to do it. But uh, really, even more than that, the best way to support this podcast is to just share it with a friend. If you have a friend who is looking for a cool anime podcast, well, give us to them instead. But thank you guys again for joining me on this episode covering Anime Week in Atlanta. It was a lot of fun. I'm uh, happy to be back on the podcast. I hope that this can become more of a, uh, a regular thing. I've had a lot of stuff going on in my personal life lately that has prevented me from doing the podcast as much as I would have hoped. But uh, hopefully even with the holidays coming up, um, I can get back into the regular groove of things and uh, that you guys will be there alongside me, which I always appreciate. Free run podcast when? Free yeah. Run, free run podcast, absolutely. Coming 2024, almost certainly. I'm going to make that declaration here right now. So I'm really enjoying that and I want to talk about it. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Take it easy. Tori, say that's amore. That's amore.